Salams and salutations. My name is Mikhail Suleiman, and this is the Black Enso Podcast. For those of you who might not know what an Enso is, it's part of the Zen practice of drawing a circle in a single stroke. And the resulting imperfections of the circle represent a person's inner emotional and creative life imprinted on the canvas. In this context, my paint is everything you'll hear. And my canvas is this podcast, Imperfections and All. Welcome. Today's Enso features my older brother, Amir Suleiman, world-renowned poet, screenwriter, activist, theologian, and barbecue sauce connoisseur. I've known Amir my entire life, and yet I keep discovering new corners of his mind. One, two, bismillahirrahmanirrahim. One, two, one, two. So this Enso is truly misshapen and flawed. Okay, I'm actually just turning my phone off. When I recorded Amir for this episode, it was the first time using a new program to record people uh, remotely. Uh, if I, do, I, do I sound good from this distance? He's based in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, it's a comfortable place for me to be. Also the first time I've interviewed someone for this podcast. No, I, I hear you fine. I hear you fine. No problem. Yeah. Uh, but he can't actually hear me now. And he couldn't at the time either. I mean, he heard me, but it was through my laptop's tiny microphone a few feet away from me while I was recording. So he was hearing this. But anyways, so to your point, yeah, there's um, the discrepancies is, you know, uh, actually, what was your point? What did you say? And not this expensive studio quality microphone you're hearing now. And you can only imagine the frustration and disappointment I felt when I ended the long and complex conversation I had with my brother. But in the spirit of the Enso, I let it be and decided to record what you're hearing now, this commentary. Amir describes it best when I first told him the premise of what the Black Enso podcast is all about. No, I was just saying it doesn't, if, it, if the circle is too perfect, the ideal circle may not be a perfect, the perfect Enzo, it may be an imperfect Enzo because if your life is too perfect and has too much, you have so much control over your life, there's no room for surprises. Yeah, you know what, I guess life and art, you know what I mean, is the, the unsus unsuspected moment, you know, the surprise, you know, and if things are too perfect, you kind of rob yourself of that. Ultimately, I'm grateful for it. I decided to let this Enso be primarily Amir's voice in the Lynn Hirschberg New York Times screen test style. So you'll hear time jumps for the times when I jumped in and asked Amir a question or commented on what he was saying. So you won't hear my questions, but you'll hear Amir's responses. The friction between not knowing, but ultimately understanding, is what this episode is all about. Right, so a writer on the on the on the Rami show on Hulu, I was like, oh, I didn't get nom I didn't get nominated. You know, the the series didn't get nominated, and it's like, j just by my desire, you know, I taste like a negative feeling, right? So I have a negative feeling, and I look at that feeling. I'm like, what what is that feeling? What what is, you know? And it's like, oh, you have an expectation. Expectations are set up for disappointment, right? 
I'm having the experience, but I'm watching myself have the experience, you know, and I'm looking at my nafs, I'm looking at my, my, my ego self and I'm like, oh, look, like, look at you. Like you, you know, you, like you're, you're feeling away, like, you know what I mean? But by this one little thing not happening at the time that I wanted to happen because I set an expectation, you know, all of this stuff that the ego does. And I was like, wow, look at that. Like, look how that, and then it made me think, but it also made me think of if a person doesn't have those tools, you know, doesn't have the, the, the means by which to have that conversation with their ego and know that their ego is having an experience. They're not having an experience. Like their ego is going through something, but they're not their ego, you know? And that's, that's a very, you know, uh, uh, um, that can be challenge, a challenging perspective, you know what I mean? To have and, and to maintain. Cause even if you have it, you forget and then you have it and then you forget and then you have it and you forget. You like, you have, you'll have an understanding of reality. And then you forget and then you think you're an ego and a, and a body and all of that. And then you have maybe some epiphany or maybe you never have those epiphanies and you really think that you're your body and your, and your, and your ego self. I was thinking like, oh, this is how, just by this little moment, this little slight, you know, it's like I, I tasted something that was bitter. And so I just, just the tip of my tongue, I just, and, and I spit it out. That was my experience. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's gross. You know what I mean? But I was thinking like if, if a person doesn't have the tools by which to do that, then you could look at this person and see them up, 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 up. Like you're winning. You know what I mean? And, but for their inward state to be so, cause it, you know, that could send a person on a whole tirade. You know what I mean? Like I, I got snubbed and I, blah, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not necessarily um like uh it's not fuel. It's not like yo, next year I'm gonna I'm gonna show the the Emmys, you know, these people. I don't even know who these people are. Like I don't even know like maybe if it was someone I knew. Yeah, you know what I mean? If it was someone I knew and respected, like, you know, such and such writer, you know, Tony Morrison was the judge. And I'm like, man, if I impress Tony Morrison, that's going to be very meaningful to me. But, and and maybe I could find out who, who are the judges. I think maybe there's a way to do that. But I mean, I'm, I wouldn't even invest in internet search in that process of, you know, it's, uh, so, so it's not enough. That particular thing is not enough for me to, use it as you know you know fuel to to, to do better next time i don't have that 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 type of feeling right now i mean it's kind of a strange thing to say it's kind of a paradoxical thing to say but there's more upside in losing than winning although winning itself is, is is an upside i mean that's what it is but you learn more from losing uh than winning whatever it is whether it's boxing whether it's you know um you know, writing, whether it's uh, relationships, whatever, you know, things go <clears throat> like what you said to the point about the Enzo, like if things go, if everything goes as planned, then you know as much at the beginning as you do at the end. You know, there's there's no room for um, learning, you know, and this is it's hard on the ego self, but it's, um, you know, losing, uh, suffering, uh, disappointment, suffering setbacks, getting one's expectations, you know, knocked down are, is really the path to greatness and truth. You know, like I heard, uh, I think it was Will Smith or someone talking about an idea that, or reality that winners lose more often than losers, you know, like the, the, like it's just winners are just more durable losers, just more losers with more perseverance, you know? 
the 1% or whether, you know, whether it's in acting or athletics or um, academia or whatever, that you're having to take risks and you have to do things that other people aren't willing to do. That's the, that's, that's why those categories are reserved only for, for a few people. Um, but in order to do that, you have to take risks. And if you're taking risks, then you're going to have to fail a lot and you're going to have to be willing to fail a lot that you're going to have to fail and immediately do it again. And then immediately do it again. And, and most people, the heart just can't take it. Like it can't, it can't take that bitter taste, spit it out and then start over. You know what I mean? That bitter taste, uh, they, they dislike it so much. They're like, I would like never to lose again. Therefore, I'm never going to actually try anything again, except for things that I have total control over, i.e. I'm not going to take any risks anymore because that feeling of that taste of losing is so bitter. I would like to avoid it. A winner just takes that, learns from it, and it does it again and then fails again and it does it again and fails again. Or like, uh, you know, when you hear, you know, Dwayne Rock Johnson telling his story where, you know, he, his hope was in playing football that didn't work out and he accepted that he didn't quote unquote become a loser. It wasn't that I disliked the feeling of losing so much. I gave up, but he pivoted on his dream into really, I think, I mean, could it be possible for him to be as big as he is as a football player? You know what I mean? Like, is he the Michael Jordan of football to become a huge international uh, star and, and, and creator, you know what I mean? I don't know. Now, just to add to your, to your point, there was a story, one of these Sufi stories, and I don't want to butcher it, so I'll just cut to the chase, where there was this king and he wanted uh, some uh, advice from one of the, you know, Sufi masters or something. And anyway, he had the, the, the master gave him a ring and on it, it said, uh, this too shall pass. And he was saying, by, by way of this statement, you know, that this will be a gift I will always give to you. And it's basically to that point, when you're going through hard times, be grateful because it's going to finish at some point. Or as Maya Angelou said, you know, every storm runs out of rain, you know. And, uh, you know, and also it helps to be grateful when you say this too shall pass because you're having something good. So you're able to sit and look at your family and you have like health and your limb. Yeah. And appreciate it. Cause this is going to finish at some, at some point for one reason or another, this is going to be impossible at some point. And so, you know, being, yeah. So that grateful on both sides of the, of the, of the coin, you know, and then frankly, even a, a, a modern Western scientific view of the body and consciousness, even at this point, um, you know, understands that the, the consciousness is using the body, you know, that, the um, you know, the consciousness is, is using matter. But then even when w one looks at their, a lot of their feelings and, and their identity, you know, that this is just like the cards you were dealt. Okay, I'm black, male, from Rochester. I'm tall. I'm strong. I'm uh, artist. Um, you know, these are all different. Actually, you know, Jim Carrey, he was talking about this. He said, uh, when he was playing, what character did he play when he talked about like how it stuck with him? I think it was Kaufman. And then he was saying, well, what, what, what is getting back to myself? And it was like, you know, it was just a, a, a list of things, you know, like, you know, I was born here. I was given this idea, you know, this idea of that, this idea of this, I learned this and so on and so forth. And it was like, well, if my identity was something I could take off, take off for so long I could like kind of have trouble getting it back on, then it can't be essentially me, you know? Like it can't, I can't, I, I wouldn't be able to take myself off. 
unless me and myself were two different things. So just like I'm using my body, I'm also using an identity. I'm using an ego self. I'm uh, my the the reality. I mean, the reality, reality. If we really, really want to get down to it, it's just the spirit, the breath of God is what is animating you know all of us. So sometimes I'm speaking from the place of my ego self, like my identity. I'm, for example, I write from the perspective of a black man or as a Muslim man or as, you know, these, these, these things. Uh, But there's something even beyond my blackness. There's something beyond that, you know, Uh, or deeper or more real than that. That's not as subjective or temporal as that. You know what I mean? That there's, there's a reality and a reality that, that is still and, and, in a reality that is actual. Uh, that reality is something different. So I'll write from temporal states, but I understand that this is a this is something that happened. This is a an occurrence. A mirror is an occurrence. It's something that's happening. So it's quote unquote real in that sense, but it's not the it's not the truth. It's not the haq. It's not uh, the reality. But I am kind of having a humorous moment watching my ego self. So I'm kind of laughing, you know, my reality is laughing at the occurrence inside the occurrence called the ego self, that this occurrence of not, be, not being nominated, it's, it's even making me laugh right now. So not, not, being, not being nominated for, for an award, for an Emmy, caused an occurrence within the larger occurrence called Amir and his life and what he wants and why he wants it and what happened to him as a child to make this important and that unimportant and whatever, all of the things, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, but I can watch from a higher vantage point from another vantage point. My nafs is all like my precious, you know what I'm saying? Like, get them, give me the Emmy. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I'm watching, and it's just silly. But then there's times when when the ego self gets into a state, and it becomes very dangerous. Then, uh, when when it when it when it wants to oppress someone, when it wants to um, destroy someone to to satisfy itself, when it has envy. So, I, you have something good, I want it, but the only way that I think to get it is I, I want you not to have it, and for me to have it, or it would give pleasure for me to see you lose it. And I don't have it so that we would be even and that somehow would give me some satisfaction, these type of things. Then we get into actual danger because when the ego self gets so emboldened as to oppress other people and to harm other people, uh, then, you know, then, you know, I Smeagol, you know, and, and Lord of the Rings becomes a, uh, becomes a, a deadly you know, enemy at some turns, you know, and other times just kind of a, a jester, jester, foolish, trickster type of, you know, character, you know. You know, when we praise someone, we say something, we, you know, or, or we're praised, you know, we say, mashallah, you know what I'm saying? Meaning God did this, you know, this is God's, you know what I'm saying? This is God's will, you know what I mean? Because I, you know, I, I don't have anything unto myself, you know, and so and neither does anyone else. So when I'm able to know that, because I know it because I'm articulating it now, but then I'll forget because I want an Emmy and I want to win and other people are going to have to lose. So I want that and I don't want to be the loser. I want to be the winner. And so, you know what I'm saying? My ego self is going to be like, I, I, this occurrence needs something. You know what I'm saying? And I'll forget. And then I have to remember. And then I'll forget. And then I have to remember. And that.
is to is to try to keep the heart awake, you know, like I say in a poem, like a thief, you know, uh, and I've learned that uh, being awake, I've learned is the meaning of life, you know, and it's that, you know, just trying to stay awake, you know, and not fall into the sleep of the ego, you know, fall into the into the dream state of of the ego, but rather stay awake in the reality of what actually is. You know what I mean? And if I can stay in that reality, then I don't have. There's no. It's it's it. There's no. It, envy doesn't even make sense. Not just that it's not good, but envy actually doesn't make sense. Jealousy doesn't make sense. Possessiveness doesn't make sense. You know, none of these things make sense anymore. They just don't. They just don't make sense anymore. And so. Like for example, you know, I'm writing, I'm writing a film, right? And you, you know, you write the film or it's, it's iterations, you know, with a, a character called Yusuf is the main character. So I'm writing the character Yusuf. Yusuf is an occurrence that I created, you know, that out of my creative agency, my creative power, I created him and I gave him a backstory, I gave him desires, I gave him needs, I gave him fears, I gave him all of this. I created an occurrence, I created an ego self. And then I created other ego selves by which to challenge that ego self, by which I could draw out the heroic, um, or, 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 yeah, for lack of a better term, the heroic characteristics out of this Yusuf because he wouldn't be able to do that without being challenged, you know? There's no way to see who's courageous except if some danger is present. Uh, so that's the only way to see courage is with danger. Only way to see generosity is with poverty. So I would have to create those circumstances. Now, Yusuf doesn't know that I exist because I haven't taught Yusuf that I exist, right? But I am Yusuf's reality. Yusuf actually doesn't have a reality except me, you know what I mean? Uh, but I haven't inspired Yusuf with, the re with knowing who I am. But I could tonight, I could sit down at my computer and I could decide to inform Yusuf about Amir. And then Yusuf would understand, oh, I'm just an occurrence. I'm, I, I kind of don't really exist. I'm just an expression of this author, of this creator, Amir, you know? Then he might go around talking to other people about Amir and be like, well, where's Amir? We don't see Amir. Show me Amir, you know? Well, if Amir existed, why did this happen? If Amir existed, why did that happen? And so on and so forth, right? And people would, and, I, and, and all of that is me, all of it, you know? And so, uh, if, if, if someone were to ask Yusuf, like, where is Amir? It's like, he's in a whole nother, like, he's transcendent. Like, he, is he in this car? Even the car is not real. I just wrote the car. You know what I'm saying? Is he in this building? The building isn't, he'd be like, no, like, none of this is real. When we're talking about Amir, like, this is the reality. Like, this, the whole world, everything that you see in it, this is just an occurrence out of his creative power. You know what I mean? You know, like if I'm using the, the the metaphor of my screenplay, is that everything in the world of my screenplay is connected by me. So if Yusuf was to say to other characters like me, you, this car, this street, all everything is all tied together by this one invisible reality, which is my imagination. Like I'm 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 creating all of it and like it's really all one. It's all one. So when I'm able to achieve that state, meaning I haven't been able to learn how to live in that state, I can get it for moments and then I forget. You know what I mean? Um, so like I can get in a, a, a moment where I 
understand and feel and sense and know, I know and I have certainty that we're all one. And if we're all one, then no one has anything that I don't have. You know what I mean? So I have whatever Michael Jordan has because we're just all, it's all one thing. It's the, uh, his occurrence or my occurrence are just two occurrences happening on one, you know, uh, spectrum. You know what I mean? Uh, so then, you know, as Wolf Waldo Emerson says in Self-Reliance, you know, uh, there come a time in every man's education when he uh, comes to the realization that envy is ignorance and imitation suicide. Either we all have it or none of us have it. Meaning either if you have it, I also have it. Or we could take the point of view that no one has anything and it all belongs to the reality and we're just occurrences of that reality. Like Yusuf doesn't have anything in my screenplay except what I give him. You know what I mean? That's it. And if I wanted to wipe him out of existence, I could, in a less than a blink of an eye, he, him and his whole life, his history, his memory, his parents, his whole city, the whole world that he knows, it's nothing to me. I could wipe it out of existence in a, in a, in a blink of an eye, right? And we're all on that path on some, at, at, at some part of the spectrum, whether just in one moment, some person in like a drunken state or high on mushrooms or something has a moment, you know, and that's a one time in their life, or people are on the path praying five times a day, you know, trying to live in that moment. We're all somewhere on that spectrum trying to, or someone's a scientist looking at all kind of stuff and then thinking like, oh, matter doesn't really exist. And there's actually some other intelligent consciousness that created the material world. You know what I mean? And, and that's the that's the way they found, you know, found their way to that to what's actual, to what's real, to the truth. And mashallah, you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Yeah, and that, that's really the point. The point is, if this is a simulation, it's just a simulation in a simulation. Like, it doesn't change anything about the way that I operate with the reality, like with the reality, not just like God in the sky that sits in a chair on the clouds, you know, with a long beard, you know, not that quote unquote God. What I'm saying is, yeah, the the reality, the hawk, the truth, that this still remains even like, you know, what if we're in a dream? What if we're in a, like, it, it, it's only just one more degree of, ma okay, like even at this point in Western what Western science has, you know, where they're essentially at, they, they don't articulate it in religious language, but matter is not actual. Like, you know, the, unfortunately, the way, yeah, it's, it's not actual. Like, there's, matter doesn't, matter is a belief. Matter is a assumption. Matter is a expectation. Like matter is not something existing in and of itself. It's something that consciousness is kind of filling in the blanks with this thing called matter. So matter being the center of the universe or the center of the, our view of the universe, like for example, you know, animals developed and then became sentient and then developed consciousness. No, rather consciousness existed and then developed matter. And what we call matter and all the ways that we measure it, all of that stuff is all built on a some it is it is a religious belief. It is it is not proven. And the more they try to prove it, the more they show its emptiness. It's so when they get to this point of simulation, it's like, oh, they're just still finding themselves back at the place of that all people eventually arrive at which is this world is not real. And the, the, the means by which they find that is the same, where they look at patterns in the creation, 
patterns in the world, the ones and the zeros in this case, and they say, yeah, the probability of this happening by accident in this way is it's impossible. Therefore, this world was designed by some sentient, intelligent being. And it's like, okay, if you want to take the long road, <laughs> to, you know, like if you want to, like, okay, you know, right? Yeah, like I know, right? Like, oh wow, wow, you're like, you know, fifteen thousand years too late. But okay, I mean, you arrived. That's the important part. You, you, you got here. You know, with the rest of the world. And sometimes I'd write stuff and I'd be like, I didn't even know that was there. Like I must've been carrying that around all day. You know, I didn't know that sometimes I'd write something out deeply like affect me, like to the point I would want to cry or something. I was like, who knew that I was even, I didn't even know I was carrying that when I was at Whole Foods and driving in my car and like, you know, picking up my kids. And like, I, I didn't even know that was there. I'm constantly finding these new parts of myself and it never finishes you know i never hit the end of it so i'm constantly and so it makes me assume that other people likewise have all of these layers whether they have access to them by way of poetry or by dance or by some other way or they don't have access to them at all and that makes me really curious about all these uh, for the for the uh, in the language of our conversation, there are all these occurrences that I pass on the street that you know I see in the store, and what really is there? Like, what really do they even know? What's really there? You know, have they even actually really met themselves? You know, and so you know that curiosity fuels you know just my love and appreciation and curiosity in like the human being and human behavior, which actually was just another attempt, I think. Uh, like what I was doing with 11-11, what you're doing with the podcast, just kind of get out of the confines and the shackles of of perfectionism instead just producing and creating, you know, instead of, you know, contemplating and, and trying to perfect. Circling back to your Enzo point, you quickly learn that that is the most perfect Enzo, your actual self. And, and even it's in imperfections, even in its deficiencies, even in its fear, even in its anger, even in its ugliness and its beauty and its humor and its honor and its shame. Like that, that is the only meaningful art that there is. And anything that is trying to avoid that in order to try to great, create some great art, an artist quickly learns that there is no great art without that. And so you have to, you know, you just have to Paint your Enzo, man. It just is, in the, in the words of IG, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? It just, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I had not betrayed myself until I saw that my future had not come, always barely out of reach. My future had not come, had not come. How strange to speak of the future in the past tense. In fact, past perfect. My past perfect. But I'm afraid the second hand has gotten the upper hand. Time has taken its right. Taking everything that's left, everything I have. My life was lended, my body leased. Oh lender, oh Lisa, lay me down in love. That 
that last bit was a poem my brother wrote for collaboration we did together uh, a while ago. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Black Ensa will be a place where we discover people's stories and journeys. We will celebrate their Ensos in all of its imperfections. You can subscribe to Black Enso on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as most streaming platforms. You will find the Black Enso show notes on www.blackensomedia.com and follow us on Instagram at Black Enso Media. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. We welcome everyone. Salams and salutations. <laughs>